Super Talk Mississippi media production. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. And uh, we're glad you're with us this afternoon on the Super Talk Radio Network. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly and I here in Hattiesburg, Luke and Laurel. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a great show for you today. We'll be talking basketball most of the day. Kyle Rome, the men's basketball, uh, one of the men's basketball coaches, will be joining us later in the hour. Head women's coach Joy Lee McNellis just about to join us. But before we get to coach, I uh, want to remind you about Dickey's Barbecue Pit and uh, thank them for their support of our program. Uh, Dickey's supports Southern Miss Athletics and the Eagle Hour, and they serve delicious food seven days a week right here in Hattiesburg. They can cater any event for you, large or small. And uh, we encourage you the next time you want a really good meal, make sure that it's Dickey's barbecue all right head coach joy lee mcnellis is going to join us uh, now and uh, coach a little later in the show i want to ask you about the passing of of what is being re- referred to as the queen of women's basketball in mississippi lucia harris but first i want to get to your basketball team which right now is red hot 11 and 5 only a half a game out of first place in the western division of Conference USA. You're coming off a 55-49 win over UTEP, a sweep of Louisiana Tech. And you know, Coach, I go back to that UTEP game, and what really jumped out at me was that uh, your your ladies played defense. You held UTEP to 27% from the field, and uh, their lowest point uh, total throughout the season. Now, I know you pretty well, and I know nothing probably makes you any happier than that stat right there. You're exactly right, uh, Bob. And I will tell you, I thought no doubt it was the best defensive game we played all year. Um, you know, we were trying to do different things on different people defensively. I thought our players really bought in. Uh, their point guard, Gregagos, that is up for the Nancy Lieberman Award, which is the they pick the top 16 players in the country uh, to be able to that position. I thought we did a good job on her. You know, obviously, overall, I thought our help side defense was very well. We locked in on the three-ball shooters they had. And, you know, before going in the game, we were a little concerned about even playing our matchup uh, when their three-ball shooters were in. So what we tried to do was we tried to play our matchup defense if they took a shooter out. So we'd only have to guard two shooters rather than three. And I just think that our players really did a great job of making defensive changes. And I do think that kind of kept them off balance. I think that, no doubt, was the key. But it was, hands down, the best defensive game that we played all year. Is this why your team is playing so well, because of how they're playing defensively, Coach? You know, defensively, we have played well. Now, when you go look at our first conference game, Western Kentucky, and nobody played defense. The score was 98-88. What much defense at all played in that game. Um, but I would like to say that's the case because that's what you know, I truly believe in and believe can be game changers 
uh, in a game is, you know, because everybody can have a bad shoot night, but defending and rebounds very much a key. Uh, so we do. We take a lot of pride in defense. We work defensively every day and still work uh, just so we can continue to get better. But, you know, the last few games, our team's really done a good job. The two La Tech games and the UTEP game, I think, is we've definitely made strides def- strides defensively. We'll get to talk more about uh, your conference schedule that that lays in wait, Coach. But I wanted to come back to uh, a piece of noteworthy information that uh, the NCAA released over the weekend. Figures on image and likeness contracts that players have been given in the in the NCAA since it was ruled that it was okay to do that. College football was overwhelmingly the number one sport as far as uh, monies given to. NF, uh, to uh, college football players. But to my surprise, and I told you pre-show that I was a little bit embarrassed that I was so surprised, but the number two sport in the amount of money given to athletes for image and likeness was women's and is women's basketball. Your thoughts? You know, and I agree with you. I was quite surprised as well. We're talking about it off the air. Just, you know, if you guessed, I definitely would have never said that. Um but I do think some of the larger programs and the programs that have been so successful, you know, them to continue to compete against each other, you know, like the top ten in the state, I mean, in the nation. You know, when you're looking at NC State, you're looking at Stanford. I mean, University of North Carolina has played very well. So you, I'm going to take North Carolina and North Carolina State, for example. You know, I'm sure it becomes a bidding war on a lot of players there. And then you throw in – Don Staley over at South Carolina, you know, that's three schools that you could throw a rock in between. Um, and they're all, and you can throw Duke in there too as well. You know, you just, there's a lot of money, I'm sure, being thrown around for uh, image and likeness so that they can get players. And so when you said that, I, I am shocked, to be very honest with you, because usually the women's game's about 10 years behind. Uh, the men's game, and so to know that we're second in that stat, that's quite amazing. I would think it would be those teams that are in proximity, that are close in proximity, trying to battle for those same kids. It's going to boil down to money, that's for sure. That's unfortunate. Luke, get in here with uh, Coach McNellis. Coach, following up on that, I mean, it it was surprising to to you. It was surprising to us, and I guess that just causes you an, another wrinkle. It just affects recruiting. Like it's, it just seems like the face of recruiting in college sports changes by the day as things you know, like name, image, likeness, and now the impact it's having on women's basketball come to the surface. And you guys have to be continually adjusting in a brand new climate. Oh, you do, and it is really, to be honest with you, since COVID started. Players getting their COVID year back. Well, let's go back a little further. Getting cost of attendance where there's a major discrepancy in schools in the same, our same state, you know, getting a big dollar difference. And then you went for that. You had to adjust to that. Then you went to COVID and you had to adjust to that. And now you're dealing with name, likeness, and image and our name, image, and likeness. You know, that's just. That's a lot of change, and I think with all of that change, it really and truly separates the upper echelon from everyone else. And, you know, I read something many years ago talking about that there was going to be 
not be an NCAA anymore. It was going to be that upper echelon of schools running everything and then everybody else. And, you know, I hate to say it, but it looks like that's what we're coming to. You, you better watch out because if you invite Bob to be another volunteer, you know, honorary coach, he's going to want to get in on name, image, and likeness also. There so you just go. Warn you well, that. Bob, you need to come on. We need you. Those girls still talk about that night, don't they, Coach? Go ahead and tell them. Tell these guys. Right. Coach Getty, <laughs> he was on top of his game for sure. All right, Coach. Coach Getty, I, I could use you Saturday against Middle Tennessee. How about that? Why don't you think about that? Two well, o'clock. Well, there we go. You and, and look, you don't have a hot date. Maybe you can make that work. All right. Well, here, here's what I was going to ask you next, and uh, we want to we want to get this in before the break. Uh, your girls are eleven and five, three and two. You're a half a game out of first place. You got a tough matchup Saturday at home. Uh, talk a little bit about Middle Tennessee. They're twelve and four, and uh, w- will this be one of the better teams you've played so far? Oh, indeed. Uh, middle is very good. Actually, my assistant coach, Caitlin Pahokey, and I've been working this morning on middle. Um, she had been working on it, and then, of course, I just have to change gears from game to game. And You know, they got a transfer from Maine. Uh, they lost their, two of their best guards that transferred to Mississippi State, the Hayes sisters. But they got a point guard from Maine that is really, really good. Her name is Dor Sar, I think the way you say it, you know, and she really is a game changer. She's very different than other guards they've had. Usually their point guards are to the rim, to the rim, to the rim, and creates for everybody else. But this young lady not only can get to the rim, but she can stroke the three ball. I mean, 139 of her 207 shots are three balls, Mm. and she's shooting above 30% from three-point range. Mm. She is extremely talented. And then they have a returning player, Courtney Whitson, that really causes a lot of problems for us. She plays their fourth spot, and she shoots the cover off of it from three-point range. Um, you know, she's a 30% shooter. And 109 out of her 184 shots are three balls. And she is usually set up for pick and pop to shoot it late. So just taking those two players and putting them together they definitely play well off each other, and they are very, very good. So, yes, we have the mismatch of size. They have the mismatch of shooting three balls. The last time I checked, the more three balls the yikes, if you make the same amount of twos, you're still going to get beat. <laughs> well, that's right, Coach. We're talking to head basketball coach, Joy Lee McNellis. She's going to stick around with us. I want to talk to her a little more about the current basketball team and the upcoming game. Uh, this weekend, but also the the passing of Lucia Harris, which uh, many would say is the greatest women's basketball player that ever lived in Mississippi, and maybe one of the top four or five greatest basketball players of all time. We'll be talking more to Coach McDallas right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corp Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel this afternoon. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in. We're talking to one of our favorite people, head basketball coach Joy Lee McNellis. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. A great place for you to buy your Southern Miss swag, as you well know. 
and a great place for you to buy stuff for your home or your car. You can shop in person six days a week, or you can shop online at campusbookmart.net. All right, Coach, I know the guys have some more stuff they want to ask you, but before we get to other basketball-related questions, I I wanted to mention this. uh, Having spent a good portion of my adult life up in the Delta, I was uh, really aware of Lucia Harris when uh, she was playing at Delta State University, and they were such a national power in women's basketball. She... She was a three-time All-American at Delta State and became, and this is so remarkable, she became the first woman to be drafted by the NBA in 1977, and she was selected ahead of 36 male players. She didn't She didn't end up pursuing it because she was uh, pregnant with a baby, but uh, she passed away. She was also a 6'3 post player who was the first women's player to score in the Olympics, and she still holds... Virtually every Delta State record, points, rebounds, uh, average uh, points per game, uh, average rebounds per game. She she passed away this week at 66. And for people who may not be familiar with her, put in perspective uh, how how iconic Lucia Harris was uh, to your sport, Coach. You know, she was amazing. And I can just remember when I was in the ninth grade, and uh, that's when Lucia came on the scene. At Delta State. Now, I really didn't know much about her in high school, you know, what, uh, when she played in high school or anything. When she came on the scene at Delta State, she and Debbie Brockman and Debbie uh, Brock, Debbie Brock was the point guard that was so small on that team. You know, it was amazing how Coach Wade did an unbelievable job with them. But I will tell you, Lucia Harris was before her time. Um, you know, she was a true post player she could run the floor she wasn't that post player you had to wait on she's like post players today they could run the floor she was very athletic you know a lot of times back in those days those big players big girls her size couldn't really jump but she was very athletic and again she was way before her time i can remember when i was a junior in high school i came here to southern miss to watch southern miss play delta state and I can remember how in awe I was at her skill set of being a post player. And, you know, back in those days, you know, post players were not, number one, not that big. But mm-hmm. number two, players that played inside were not really that skilled. I mean, Lucia Harris could pass the ball. She could shoot it. She could board it. She was able to put it on the deck, the rip and attack from the high post. Um, she was... Obviously, is definitely one of the best players to ever play in the state. And I felt like that there should have been an award named after Lisa Harris because there's no one, even to this day, that I think has touched, number one, who Lisa Harris was, what she did to impact the game in the state of Mississippi, but what she did to impact, impact the game nationally. And, you know, Coach Wade and Delta State women put Mississippi on the map with women's basketball or Mississippi on the map for all young girls in general. But I will tell you, Lucia Harris and Debbie Brock had a big, big part of making that happen. And no doubt Lucia Harris with her size, you know, being an Olympian, first Olympian from Mississippi, um, she's definitely an icon in this state and, you know, so many young people don't even know who she is, and people in general. Uh, and it's quite sad, and I think it goes back to us. 
that have not promoted that issue within our sport. I mean, or, or that was in our sport and the impact that she made. You know, a lot of people say, can players back then or players 30 years ago play in the game today? I definitely think Lisa Harris uh, could play in the game today. And I do think it is a tremendous loss not only to the Mississippi Delta and the state of Mississippi, but to our sport of women's basketball. Well, I think that's well said, Coach. She died at a young age of 66 and uh, uh, no uh, no reportable cause of her death. And the fact that still I think it's fair to say that in this year, 2022, there's still some gender inequity that goes on. Let's, sure. let's be honest. Oh, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. And so let's go back to the 1970s, 50 years ago. The NBA, by drafting Lucia Harris, was telling the world that this woman was every bit as good as any guy. Ahead of 36 males that were drafted. That's unbelievable. That is amazing. I did not know that until you made that statement. 50 years ago. That's amazing. That's remarkable. That probably says more about her than anything anyone could say right there. That's exactly right. Exactly right. All right, Luke. Got something else for Coach before we let her go? Yeah, Coach, talking bigs. a couple, couple notes you, you mentioned in kind of in passing. You hinted at the Kelsey Jones the other night against uh, UTEP double double with uh, sixteen and eleven. But you know, how about it in in the Louisiana Tech game, the second Louisiana Tech game? You had to pull Grayson out because she got her fourth personal. Wow. You put Jones yeah. in there. She she gets four, and you finish and you win by five. But at that point, y'all were down. And whenever you've got, you know, blessed with two bigs like that, and then one of them gets in foul trouble, and the other one gets in foul trouble, I mean, that was pretty remarkable for you guys to pull out that second Louisiana Tech game. You're exactly right. But we had a third post player, Macy Weaver, that's able to help us a little bit there, another 6'3 kid. And Macy doesn't score like Malia and Kelsey does at this point, but what Macy does is alter a ton of shots. Because uh, she's so long, and so I think that, and I think the guard play of Dominique Davis really elevated, and she played extremely well. When we played at Lockett, she scored 15 of her 26 points in that game. Uh, but I think here we just were able, our perimeter players really stepped up and made a game changer for us. And last question for me, you know, with with Dom Davis being able to just do what she does, it's kind of freed up your other guards to 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 do what they do best. Where you, it just seems as if you know you got versatility, but at the same time you got people that can do things that don't make other people have to do things. If that makes sense, that that's very true. You know, because Dom can score at multiple levels. She can score. You know, at the that was a layup, a jumper, and a three-ball shooter, and we don't have players that are able to do that. But the thing that Dom's able to do is she can create for others. I mean, she had nine assists the other night in our game uh, against UTEP. But she is just an unbelievable added dimension to our guard situation. You know, Lauren Gross and Destiny Smith and uh, Rose Warren, Brickell Gray, all of them returned from last year. And so when you throw Dom in that mix, I think it really becomes a game changer because people have to pay so much attention to Dom that it does create opportunities for them to score as well. 
All right, Coach. Well, we want to thank you for being on the show. I can tell you there, there's no one happier at the success you're enjoying right now than the three of us on the Eagle Hour. I and, appreciate it very much. Uh, we thank the world of you, and uh, we're glad that the, the girls are doing so well. And, and let's go uh, – Let's just go beat the tar out of Middle Tennessee, Coach. That's right. Go beat the tar out of them. <laughs> All right, everybody. Coach Joy Lee McDallas, Southern Miss head basketball coach, women's basketball. What a great, great person. And, and the way that that team has started this year, Bob. Now, now they haven't the, – the tougher teams are still to come in the conference. But if they can stay healthy and continue to play with a little swagger, you know, because yeah. that's what happens when you start winning some games. You get that confidence. You know, who knows? Yeah, where they no, you're right. And Luke, they've never, they've never had. Uh, she's never had this kind of size in the paint. And uh, you know, if, if that if that continues to produce, and they play defense the way they're playing, then you know the potential's pretty high for this team. Yeah, they a couple things. You know, in in their losses because they got uh, they they started out hot, then they lost three in a row, and and really is unfortunate. They had to start with Western Kentucky and Marshall, who are two of the best teams, you know, in the uh, in the East Division. But you know, UTEP is is really good, and and as you said, Middle Tennessee's kind of middle of the road at twelve and four, and that's because of how good Western Kentucky and Marshall are in the East. So, yeah, you you've got to get your offense out of Davis, and I think what she was talking what she and I were talking about a minute ago is is when you've got bigs, you've got to keep them out of foul trouble. And that allows them to, in the last five minutes of the game, when you really need them to be able, you know, to dominate. So if they're able uh, if they're able to uh, to continue in that way and and allow you know Davis's work to allow Gray and and Rose Warren and some of those uh, to get free, they got a great chance. I mean, right now, half game back in the West. All right, uh, coming up in the show, we're going to talk men's basketball with assistant coach Kyle Rome. Kelly, the story's not quite as upbeat. No, it's not, but but they do have a game tonight that was scheduled late. And the fact that the basketball coaches are willing to come on on game day, correct? usually that's that's a no-no, usually coming on game day. Correct. But uh, Kyle Rome will be here to talk about uh, the game tonight and where the Eagles go from here on the schedule, which is back on the road to Middle Tennessee. Uh, programming note tomorrow, we're going to be talking with John Miller, former director of football operations under Jeff Bauer and uh, Larry Fedora. So we continue to get the, the varsity right. when it comes to guests here on the Eagle Hour. And Patrick McGee will be joining us from NOLA.com. Still more to come this day, however, on a basketball Wednesday on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. I want to thank 4th Street Bar and Grill for their support of the Eagle Hour. Great place to have lunch Monday through Friday, $8.95. They even have Kelly Santer portions of food, so it's uh, well worth your money. You get your money's worth, and the food is always delicious. A special announcement coming up about the, uh, the women's basketball game Saturday, a little later in the program. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. It could be a season-changing event, I'm telling you. The other way. (laughs) Correct. It may be a big mistake. 
Assistant basketball coach Kyle Rohn joins us, and uh, the Golden Eagles have an unexpected game tonight, Coach. Uh, before I turn you over to the guys, uh, let our listeners that may not know uh, know about the uh, extra game that's on the schedule tonight. Yeah, Bob, appreciate you having me as always, and uh, you know that, that that is a little different uh, uh, in terms of when you look at our schedule. You look at a kind of so-called bye week uh, headed into uh, Middle Tennessee. Um, but uh, we lost a, uh, a, a, a game versus Loyola right before Christmas break as we were coming out of finals because they had complications from COVID. And, you know, we just, we just thought where we, where we were, and, and, and then we lost two conference games because of COVID early, and, and we just felt like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's some positives to, to getting the guys to uh, play a, a game, so to speak, and uh, the decision was made to try to, uh, try to find one. So we went on a search, and that's really hard because everybody else is in the meat of their conference season too. And, and, and basically, to find a game in midweek like this, it has to be a non-division one. And uh, and even those, and, and, and you know, even because of people able to get here, travel. So anyway, we found a very local team, Southeastern Baptist, and that game uh, has gotten plugged in tonight at seven. Uh, give our guys a chance to play, and uh, and, and, and you know, maybe kind of get get some guys some reps, uh, and then still two days. Uh, to prep, which is our normal prep for for a league a league game. All right, C- coach, if you've got season tickets, what do we do about about because obviously this game was not on the schedule. So what do we do if we're a season? I know you're not director of basketball operations, but do you know? Well, uh, well I, I tell you what, I think, and, and, I, and I don't want to overstep and be wrong. I yeah. think a new set has been sent out, and, and I say that because me personally have gotten a, have gotten a uh, an email uh, from the from the ticket office. So I, I, my best my best answer to that, Kelly, would be. Let's check our email. I think uh, some some digital tickets have been reprinted okay. um, in in place of it, and that's how I received mine. I think that's how the the the, the, the public has gotten theirs, the season ticket holders, and then then you have yours to, to present at tonight's gate. And and you mentioned that that the Eagles lost those two home games early on, specifically to Western Kentucky and Marshall. What do we know at this point about a potential rescheduling of those games, if anything? At this point, they're still listed as as postponement. Uh, you know, we we we're not we're not sure. Uh, you know, on the women's side, I know they've they've you know kind of in the process of making up a few, but that'll be a league a league decision uh, in terms of how how or with or or if each each of those two teams and us have a have a common uh, date that could be played. You know, a lot of factors go into it, Kelly. So at this moment, uh, it, it's been no. No specific talks in terms of finalizing anything on on those games. Yeah, but I got to tell you, and I'm and I don't want to sound like a soccer mom here, but if you're if you're going for seedings for the postseason conference USA tournament, and the Eagles are denied two home games, that just ain't right. It is tough. It is tough. And you know, uh, last year when we had the health and safety protocol schedule, there was a week built in for makeups, and then obviously, you know, we had a positive outlook, in which everybody did and should that we we maybe end up into a season of normalcy, and and uh, and, and that wasn't built in. We played a regular schedule, and, and right after Christmas, there was uh, an outbreak, and even across the country, you saw a lot of postponements. Postponements. But you are right uh, that 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 the the number of games possible games could be very different with some tournament teams and like you said you, if you're on the bottom side of kind of losing home games which in college basketball is a huge advantage that that is difficult in seedings kelly so i hope that is taken into consideration um i will say this that that the league has taken uh, every team this year uh to the conference tournament so i think that may be to all you know that may be a way and that's something that just got started last year um uh that that we take all 14 teams so 
um, and saying that that may be the way that uh, you know they kind of give them some some space if some numbers are, are different among teams that that everybody still gets a chance. But seeding, I do understand uh, in terms of percentages those those numbers can make a difference. And I'm going to turn you over to Luke here in just a second. My final question is is you know Tay Hardy obviously was out for the year that injury happened early in the season. Isaiah Moore clearly makes your team better. Uh, he has been out of the lineup. What can you tell us about his availability tonight or perhaps going forward? You know, to be honest with you, uh, it, it, he, he's still unavailable at this moment um, uh, uh, for tonight and, uh, and moving forward for, for as far as I know at this point. And, uh, but, I, but I will say, and then you mentioned Tay Hardy, uh, unfortunate injury um, that, uh, you know, not only his stats on paper are hard to replace, but just his intangible you know, the intangibles that, that he, he provided. Uh, I, I do think you, you saw some guys, uh, you know, we had two guys with a double-double Sunday against uh, LaTeX. You know, the, 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 the positive sides of everything are, you know, uh, Tyler Stevenson and DeAndre Pinkney really, really, I thought, played their most physical game against uh, arguably one of the better players in our, in our league uh, for Louisiana Tech, uh, Louisiana Tech and, and probably maybe one of our best teams in the league, uh, you know, by record. It is right, right now, obviously. And uh, so I thought those guys played with some confidence. But, but as our team, I thought we were more aggressive. You know, we, we out-rebounded Louisiana Tech. We, we really were active on the offensive boards. We, we took care of the ball better than we, than we had, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of not, not giving up as many uh, baskets off of our turnovers. And, and we kept that to, uh, to a probably a pretty good number, manageable number. And, and, and you kind of started to see us, uh, I think, I think kind of, uh, do some things and put some things together that we've talked about even on the show earlier. Luke? Coach, uh, how difficult is it to play the same team within three days of each other like you did LaTeX twice last week? You know, you know there, there, there is, that is tough, Luke. And, uh, you know, when it comes to our travel partner, that, that happens across the league. Um, it's, it, it's, it's good in a way. Uh, and it's also has some, has some negatives. You know, the positives are you kind of, you're somewhat prepared. So you're, so your 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 grind of preparation is probably not as much in between the games because you're just refining, you know, and uh, so you you get that. The, the negatives probably are, you know, just you, you got the same team. It becomes a little redundant, you know. If you're on the top end of that win the first time, you may have to get a little bit motivated on the, on the other side. Uh, you, can, you can use kind of what happened as motivation. So there there's some there's some pros and cons to it you know uh, in particular ours it was and, and travel can be a negative with that too uh, uh, fortunately in ours rustin is not too far of a trip for us on the bus so we were able to get back and that extended day for it to be played on sunday instead of saturday gave our gave our guys a chance uh, to kind of get recuperated a little bit so the travel becomes a kind of an issue to your travel partner and i think that works kind of for us in our favor we mentioned uh, Pinkney earlier. He and Stevenson, uh, two two big games. But but DeAndre's had, I think it's thirty one points and twenty rebounds in in the last two games. At six eight, you know, with more out of the lineup, he's one of those guys you lean on. And and what has caused him really in the last you know uh, three or four weeks of the season to really come on like that? You know, uh, Pinkney number one is a is a class young man. Takes care of everything and. What, what's happened, I think, is, you know, he's, it, it, all, all he's done, kind of, we call it the money you put in the bank, you know, and he's able to, now it's come his time and, and, and it's, and he, he's out there and he's playing probably a lot more minutes. Uh, he's a lot more, a lot more comfortable because of those minutes he's getting. And, 
And it's kind of, I, I think it's what he's given to the game is now kind of given back to him. Uh, Pinckney, you mentioned six eight. He's long. He's he's, he's skilled. He's a guy that kind of complements Tyler. You know, Ty, a lot of Tyler's production is right around the rim. And Pinckney, being a guy that uh, can can stretch the floor, he you know he can handle the ball, he can pass it, he can shoot it, made some critical threes for us. And that's something he does, and that's something he put a lot of work in. He committed himself this summer. And, stayed around during all the breaks and the transition between semesters and really worked. And I think now he's just able to kind of withdraw what he's given to the game and it, it kind of gives back and it's a true definition of kind of next man up. And he's taken advantage of the opportunity and, 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 and really, really impacted our, 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 our production where, where we needed that. Bob. Now you head to now you head to Middle Tennessee State after this game tonight, Coach. Middle Tennessee going on the eastern uh, side of the Conference USA ledger. This this Middle Tennessee team has an overall you know winning record, although in the conference they're about fifty fifty. What do you know about that? What can you tell us about the Blue Raiders and what to expect from them? Um, uh, they're kind of on a roll right now, Kelly, and they're 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 long, they're athletic, um, they're they're uh, they create a lot out of their um, defensive. Havoc, you know, they'll pick us up man full court and, and, uh, offensively they'll really space you out and play with their link. They'll have some wings that are six, seven and six, eight. And, um, you know, they'll, they're, they're, they've gotten to where this year they've completely changed their offense. So they're, they're really, really guarding you on the offensive end. They have some long offensive possessions. So they're, they're really ranked really high in the, in the, in the conference in terms of, uh, points allowed and, and, you know, and, and field goal percentage defense. So it'll be, it'll be critical for us to, to uh, to have some good offensive production uh, on Saturday, uh, for us to execute, not turn the ball over, and and uh, you know handle their handle their defensive pressure to where we can get turn it into some back at, uh, baskets for ourselves, and then uh, and then we've got to do a good job of guarding those long possessions and uh, and kind of taking them out of what they want to do. Man, you know the Eagles get one; it's they could get two or three in a row. You never know. Coach Roan, thanks for being with us, buddy. Continued success. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. Eagle Hour will continue right after this. One more segment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment today from the Southern Bancourt Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Eagle Hour. What a cloudy day. It's supposed to rain later on, so I checked the weather forecast. Make sure you took an umbrella away. Luke, Bob, and Kelly finishing out um, today. Appreciate Kyle Rohn from Men's Basketball joining us. Men will play tonight at 7 p.m. against Southeastern Baptist out of Laurel. Just right up the road from where I am, and that game will be on ESPN Plus and, of course, uh, on the Southern Miss Basketball um, Radio Network. All right, I, I text my, my buddy Ben Winpigler in the ticket office just to kind of follow up on some of those ticket questions, Kelly. Um, he, he said that all-season ticket holders should have got uh, an email 
with their tickets in it. If you have a parking pass, the email should have, uh, you should have gotten your parking pass also. In case anyone listening, a season ticket holder, and didn't get your tickets or a parking pass, you can call 601 266 5418. 601 266 5418. And Ticket Office will hook you up. You can also buy tickets tonight. At the door. So a tip tonight between Southern Miss, Southeastern Baptist at 7 p.m. A little history on the line tonight, guys. Tyler Stevenson is only nine points away from reaching 1,000 career points. He had 21 points against Louisiana Tech this past Sunday. If Stevenson were to score nine points tonight, he would only be the 17th player in the history of Southern Miss men's basketball to reach 1,000 points and 500 rebounds. So opportunity tonight for history to be made, and you can uh, go watch the Eagles play uh, tonight at 7 p.m. All right. Following up on our conversation yesterday about the transfer portal, uh, 24-7 Sports put out, they, they kind of rank the uh, the transfer uh, rankings, the class, so so what you get. So LSU number one, uh, a couple other names to note, Oklahoma number four, Florida number five, uh, Texas number 12, and guess who's number 15, guys? Southeastern the Baptist. S- the Southern Miss <laughs> Golden Eagles. Southern Miss is only one of, I think, two group of five teams in the top 25. It's like only like four in the top 50. Eagles have second most three stars incoming, um, anybody in the top 50. So Eagles right now ranked this transfer class 15th. Pretty pretty cool, pretty special. Yeah. All right, we, uh, we teased it, Bob. Big announcement for uh, the women's game Saturday. Yeah, uh, this could be a game changer. This could turn the season around. I'm not sure that everybody's quite ready to hear this, Bob. Yes, if you see, you saw the show The Three Stooges when you were growing of up, course. Right, Kelly. Well, the modern day version of The Three Stooges, uh, some would say, are going to be the honorary coaches of the Lady Eagles Saturday when they take on Middle Tennessee. We have been invited by Coach McNellis, and the three of us will be addressing the girls before the game. And we will be the honorary coaches uh, for the Middle Tennessee Showdown, Kelly. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. So, what do you think about that, Luke? I'm honored. Uh, I'm going to stay up probably tonight, cranking out my pregame speech. Uh, Bob, you've done it before. We'll relegate Kelly to towels and Gatorade, but uh, you know, we, you and I should be able to. Uh, I actually, Kelly is going to pull a double. Uh, I hear he's going to be the halftime uh, entertainment. Yeah. And uh, Stand maybe up. he can sing. Kelly, can you rap the national anthem? Is that possible? I'll tell you what, I'm going to be hammering the pregame meal. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I got bad news for you about that, Kelly. There is no pregame meal. Oh, no. no. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. No, but but you talked about the Three Stooges. I'll use a line from the Three Stooges when it comes to the three of us mm-hmm. being assistant coaches. The guy brings in this and. This antique, you know, chest or whatever, and he says to the Three Stooges, "I certainly hope my chest is in competent hands." And Curly says, "Well, it certainly is, because we're all incompetent." <laughs> <laughs> well, that would pretty much sum us up. Don't yes, you, don't you think? Yes. You look, think, y- look, y'all co-hosts with I, Ray Perkins actually recruited me one time to help with his kickers at Jones College. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and and so I just want to let you know that you need to. I, I, you will not speak for me in, in competence of coaching, okay? No. Little yourselves all you want to. There's a reason why Joy Lee wanted me to be there yeah, also. I got you. Well, you know, I, I, I had that honor a couple of years ago of doing that, and I thought I had the team really motivated, but there was that little bit of problem of that seven-foot 
tall girl that played for Rice, and we just really couldn't overcome that. that well, the whole team of Rice was pretty good. They were all pretty good. That year, <laughs> yeah. Yes, and she was like, you know, from the Game of Thrones, like I told you, and uh, and so uh, you know, we were unable to overcome them that night. But I'm very confident that we can guide the team to victory Saturday, guys. And it would be an upset. Let's face it. I mean, the way, well, no, but the, I don't know. The odds have evened out now. Yeah, yeah, I, I think was, you'll have really to admit. an upset. We're 11-5. Yeah. They're 12-4. and four. No, yeah. no, you're yeah. right. But, I mean, I, I think at the, at the onset of the season, it would have been considered I'm an upset. I'm just hoping they don't get word of this. So they may not show up. COVID outbreak. <laughs> at the <laughs> last minute when yeah. they find out we're coaching the we'll team Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> so we look forward to that. We love Joy Lee McNallis, and uh, we thank you, Coach, for inviting us. And uh, just, it'll be our great privilege to spend Saturday afternoon with you. Just got to keep Santa away from, like, barking or yelling or taunting <laughs> Middle Tennessee during their warm-ups. <laughs> Why? That's part of that's part of Kelly, my Kelly, part of what I do. Kelly, don't wear a yellow shirt, okay? Yes, please, Kelly. Dress they will play the Kelly. Sesame Street uh, music because oh, Big Bird will be in the house. Oh, that was low. That was low. That wasn't very nice, Lucas. <laughs> I, I can well if I put on one, I'll be many many uh, Big Birds. So that's enough. Go. That's enough. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.